Hello, 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 hello. Is it snowing where you are? Because it's fucking snowing where I am. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, the last couple of days have kind of gotten away from me. Uh, those of you who've been listening regularly will know that I've been at least trying to do an episode a day for 40 days, but they apparently have moved the Arctic Circle down a little, and it now includes uh, Navin, at least, where I live. Um, and as I speak, as you can probably tell, I'm, I'm in the car. I'm about to go up Flower Hill and I'm going to give the car in front of me a bit of distance. And by a bit of distance, I mean the length and breadth of the hill that I'm trying to get up. Made an awful lot more treacherous by the likes of this dumb cunt walking down on the middle of the fucking road. Like, oh my God. If, if one thing this whole snow blizzards moving of the Arctic Circle thing has shown me is how absolutely, unbelievably inept not everybody is but apparently most people and i don't want this to turn into an angry podcast so i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna maybe just completely skip all the stupid things that people are doing um i've just left super value there and there was quite literally a rush on the bread man and the the baker that like the in-house bakery in super value the man couldn't get out from behind his counter with the trolley of bread because people were essentially panic buying bread and we've seen it up and down the country uh, there's some great uh, there's some great clips being made like creativity really seems to kind of shine through the cracks of 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 panic like this there's videos doing the rounds of of lads dealing slices of bread on on street corners and lads walking home with sliced pans under their arms only to be you know jumped by a, a gang of heavies and <laughs> it's, just, it's just great to see you know that the lighter side is there along with the dark and I tend to end up speaking a lot about this kind of duality between light and dark and yin and yang and, and order and chaos and what's been great to see just speaking of order and chaos the chaos is the guy or the, the gang basically the gang of people rushing the bread man and scrambling and grabbing everything but the order the allowed that to happen in the first place I suppose is the fact that your man the baker probably stayed in a friend's house or maybe was put up in a hotel and was able to get to super value by all the farmers who are out on force in their tractors with their buckets and all the all the individual guys men women and children that are out there with their shovels and their brushes and their buckets doing what they can to to keep the, the roads clear and you know, hats off to emergency services, and even even more so, just the, the regular guys. Like I'm, I'm looking here in front of me, and there's a guy coming towards me with a teleporter. Now, that lad, I would imagine, isn't getting paid for what he's doing. He is the bucket, um, a bucket for you know, moving sand or whatever they use them for grain or, or whatever it is. And he's out scraping the roads to, to keep them clear, so the people can go to the shop, people can get to the doctor, people can get to the maternity hospital if needs be. And for those of you that missed my uh, Facebook post there the other day, the reason I've been so quiet is because herself went into labour on Wednesday morning. So amidst all the snow and all the chaos, we hit the road, dropped our uh, now nearly four-year-old off at our at herself's sister's house and hit the road for Dublin. So made it to Dublin safe and sound and got herself admitted full-on labour, contractions every minute or two, whatever else, you know, go time, baby coming. And then during the day and throughout the night, things just kind of settled. We woke up then, um, 
what would it have been, Thursday morning, I left to get to my business because unfortunately my business is 365 days of the year, no exceptions. So I left the rotunda at about four o'clock in the morning, went back to my place of business, loaded up the van, just about got my deliveries done with a skin on my bridge, got through the roads weren't too bad, that would have been for Thursday. And ended up collecting herself, bringing herself home, and that was great. We got home, she was delighted to be at home, as you can imagine, she didn't want to be spending any more time than necessary in a labour ward. The noises in those places, man, you have to, you'd have to experience it to, to have any appreciation for, for what it's like. And again, hats off to the, to the staff in the rotunda, absolutely unbelievable. Uh, I believe it's Ireland's, or not Ireland's, the world's oldest maternity hospital which is kind of cool. I remember doing, I remember the last time we were in there when herself gave birth to my now nearly four year old. I remember reading a little pamphlet thing because you tend to have a lot of time to kill because labor isn't something that just kind of happens. And I remember reading the back of some promotional material that basically said that, I can't remember the figure, but it was X amount of thousand babies born in there every year. And I remember working it out. It meant that Hold on, I'm just reversing out of the way of somebody who thinks their car is far bigger than it is. Um, I remember working it out that in the space of time that we had been there, half a dozen babies had been born. And that was just just a kind of an eye-opening and surreal realisation that you just lose sight of. And again, this whole, one of the main motivations for doing this podcast, especially the conversations, not so much the solo episodes, but the conversations that I've been having is getting people from different loops. Now, a midwife, that'd be a great guest because that's a loop that people, people see it every so often. Like if you've got kids, you've kind of been in that loop for five minutes, relatively speaking. And a, a midwife would be an absolutely fantastic uh, guest just to get the, just to get the lowdown on the realities of, of childbirth. And this is about as unprepared as I've ever been given a, a podcast, or given these solo podcasts that I've been doing. And oh Jesus, sorry again. I'm just I'm going up a steep hill here, and I have a jeep coming towards me, so I want to give him as much room as I can to, to get by me. And just to paint a picture for you here, I have banks of snow about ten foot high either side of me. Um, it's just it's it's something to behold. This this would make a, a great video podcast, but unfortunately, I just don't have the time, inclination, willpower, or motivation to take a video whilst driving in treacherous conditions. Anyway. Getting back to where I left off there about this idea of the whole giving birth thing being such a such an insane thing. There was a girl I'm a big fan of, uh, Dr. Alice Roberts is her name. I can't remember what her qualification is. I'm, I'm sure she's a biologist of sorts, possibly an evolutionary biologist. Uh, Alice Roberts is her name. Look her up on YouTube or just Google her generally. All her stuff is, is class. She's one of the... One of the very, very few, I'm sad to say, female scientists that I would follow relatively closely. And what put me onto her was she, it was, it was her that explained to me why humans have such trouble giving birth. And she just did it in such a, such a great way. The way she described it was, and this is what, this is what Googling, so Dr. Alice Roberts explains childbirth or something like that. Um, that'll probably pull up a, a video of her presumably done by the, the BBC but what she said was and it made sense the way she explained it and 
I'll, I'll do what I can here to get the sentiment across. I'm going to butcher it as I always do, but so long as the, the sentiment is there, um, that's, the, that's the main thing. <clears throat> Pardon me. So what she explained was, over the last couple of hundreds of thousands of years, if not millions of years, our brains have been developing at a phenomenal rate. So our brains have been getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And our skulls have obviously gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger to accommodate for this. And I'm sure the female uterus and vagina, if they're different, are the same thing, I'm not sure. The, the, the exit passageway, for want of a better term, don't mean to blind you with all this scientific jargon, but uh, <laughs> the female passageway for giving birth, basically, in humans, whatever that is called, uterus or vagina or whatever, it's obviously expanded to accommodate this giant brain. But, and here's where it's going to get a bit dodgy with the terminology, the, the pelvis, there's a hole, I think, in the pelvis, not, not a hole, but the pelvis forms a, an almost circular shape, which the baby's head has to go through. But it hasn't been able to keep up. Its, its expansion hasn't been able to keep up with the expansion of the brain size, or the, the skull size more specifically. So, what has had to happen in order to accommodate this is that we are born essentially two years premature. And that explains why we seem to be the only animal in nature that's as helpless as we are when we're born. And think about that. When you look at a monkey or a deer or a cow or a cat or anything, granted, there might be a week or two period while the eyes open um, and maybe the stability in the, in the muscles or the tendons or the bones kind of stabilise so that they can support their own weight. There's a, there's a development period. But for the most part, give it a couple of weeks or maybe even months and the, the infant animal you know, will basically be able to survive by itself. Now, imagine this. Imagine a year-old human baby being left to its own devices in the wild. That shit's not lasting five minutes. It's going to be eaten or freeze to death or both. <laughs> and the reason we're so helpless is because we have to be born practically two or three years premature, essentially two or three years premature. We should be coming out as almost two or three-year-olds. But imagine like, giving, birth to a, uh, giving birth to something that's been in your womb nine months is a tricky enough situation. Like, think about the amount of women that die in childbirth. Even now, think about the hospitals that we need to just procreate. Nothing like that exists in nature. Anything that did wouldn't survive. It would just die out. Think about that. The most natural thing in the world, reproduction. We need teams of people and anaesthetists and midwives and doctors and the place needs to be cleaner than the, the tip of a brand new pin and everything has to be sterile and everything has to be monitored and you're hooked up to half a dozen different machines. They're monitoring your contractions, they're monitoring your heart rate, they're monitoring your blood pressure. You know, it's, a, it's like going in for surgery and I mean, I don't know what the percentage of, of births end up in cesarean. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be overly surprised if sometime in the not too distant future that cesarean sections were the way to go. And for those of you unfamiliar with the term, a cesarean section, and forgive my crude, blunt description here, but it's essentially cutting open your 
stomach section and lifting the baby out of your out of your womb directly forgoing the whole pushing the baby out end um, but yeah here I am in big fucking snow banks left and right of me trying not to skid into people left right and centre trying to save me business trying to get back to fucking herself who's practically in labour and I'm talking about the evolutionary difficulties that our species has had procreating there's a fucking random fucking rant for you anyway um I'm again usually when I get to this point in a solo podcast I kind of do a sneaky hit pause get my thoughts together and kind of go at it but I just don't have the luxury of that here because I can't be picking up my phone in these road conditions I'm passing by uh, a filling station here in Kilberry and there's a, a like a bread lorry and I, d- I don't know how the I don't know how the bread men have have coped and the bread businesses it's just been it's just been insane for those of you maybe listening abroad who don't know what the fuck I'm talking about Ireland is essentially under 20 foot of snow and uh, we've been rushing supermarkets and shops nationwide to get our hands on the the last slices of bread and the last liters of milk it's it's been something to behold and one thing it's got me thinking is what would happen if there was an, like an actual disaster because for the most part you can get around like i'm going to make a, a probably a 20 mile round trip here on back roads and it's it's treacherous and there's JCBs and teleporters and snowplows and there's all sorts of machinery and farm equipment and, and people out in the road just clearing the place and it's it's like it's like everywhere you look is like a scene from a movie. But a bomb hasn't gone off in Dublin. The capital hasn't been nuked. There hasn't been a, you know a, a, a global scale terror attack. We're not being invaded by another country, and it's just. I suppose humbling to see the panic that sets in and the, the mob mentality and the group think that is synonymous with crises, I suppose you call it. Um, and you, I suppose we're getting just a little taste, if nothing else, of what it would be like if there was some sort of national level disaster. And from what I can see is it would be if it was any worse than it is now it would essentially be every man for himself and that's kind of that's kind of scary and something worth reflecting on as as a nation i think i think ireland should i think ireland should be very proud of it, about how it conducted itself throughout this but also maybe very ashamed at how not all of us but how a lot of us maybe even most of us have dealt with the whole situation Food for thought, sir. Food for thought. So I've just arrived at my my place of business here. So I'm gonna sign off for now and leave. Wrap this up. It's gonna be a short one. What was it? Fifteen odd minutes. But uh, before I go, Jesus, I haven't mentioned this in a while. How are your forty day challenges go? And I hope you haven't been relying on me or anybody else for that matter to kind of keep you motivated and, and keep the whole show on the road I've been off radar this is going to be episode what is it 15 or 40 but we're probably 20 days into 40 so maybe have a think about that are you halfway through your challenge and if you are hats off and fair fucks to you have you made any have you made any dif- is that, has it made a difference to you what, what difference has it made let me know because I'll report back to everyone if it has made a difference have you have you have you tried out the, this 
this idea of incremental steps I've been mentioning to you. Have you gotten your clothes ready for the day before? Have you, have you tried to incorporate a little bit more order into your life? Those of you who are just tuning into this episode for the first time aren't going to know what the fuck I'm talking about, but the people who have been listening on a daily basis or as near a daily basis as I can upload these solo podcasts, you know what I'm talking about. Are you doing your press-ups? Have you been doing something with your left hand? Write to me. I'm off the lead at gmail.com. Tell me what you've been doing. Tell me how you've been struggling. And maybe take note that I've struggled with mine. And look, I'll flat out admit it. It's, it's there plainly for the world to see. I've, to a degree, failed somewhat in mine. I haven't been able to do... What the fuck is going on here? Sorry, I'm, I'm stuck in fucking traffic here just trying to get into where I work. And there's a lad in front of me who clearly doesn't know what he's doing. But anyway... Oh my god, he's not driving on because he thinks he can't fit. You're not driving an absolute ship! You're driving a fucking car! Anyway. Yeah, let me know how you are getting on. Let me know if what I've been saying has made any kind of a difference to you. The, the only reassuring thing I can get these days is that the numbers are there. People are listening. Now, the numbers have dropped off at the side of a cliff for two reasons. One, because people aren't commuting. My Irish listeners say people aren't commuting because they're not going to work, so they're, they're, out of their, they're out of their loops, and they're not listening to me. Hopefully, they're out playing in the snow with their kids and making the most of this, this weather event. Uh, and if you're not, you fucking should be. You'll be regretting now not. Get out, jump on the ground, lie on your back, do a snow angel. Do something you haven't done before. I mean, if, you've got an oppor- if you're ever going to get an opportunity to do something you haven't done before, now is it. This is like a once-in-a-lifetime event for those of you listening in Ireland. So make the fucking most of it and do something with it. Do something and take a photo of it so that you can, be, so that you can kind of cherish it and have it. And I don't know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in two minds about this idea of this... Of, of kind of taking photos of, of every shit that you take and, and almost as though, you know, it didn't happen if you didn't get a photo of it. Don't get sucked into that, or at least try not to. There's, but, but, like most things, there's a duality. There's great utility in being able to take a photo of something. There's a great utility in just doing something so you can take a photo of it. I mean, if that gets you out there and gets you active and gets you doing things, like that's, that's, to, be, that's to be encouraged. But... Anyway, let me know. I'm off the lead at gmail.com. Apologies for not um, banging these out every day, like I said I've done. But I'm finishing my 40. It's okay to miss the days. And I've said it before. It's not okay to miss the days and not punish yourself. But it's better to miss the days and not punish yourself and finish it than it is to miss the days and go, oh, fuck it. It's okay to miss days. Ideally, you should punish yourself. It depends on how far down the kind of self-improvement road you are. If you've only started, go easy on yourself. If you fucking know better and you can punish yourself, then do. And hopefully I'll make another recording today because I'll have maybe a bit more time away from... I'm staying with relations and there's 175 million of us in the house and it's just... It's not conducive to to doing anything other than... To doing anything, basically. Um, other than eating food that people are panic buying. Um... So on that quite unsuccinct note, let me know how you're getting on. Let me know what you think of what I'm doing. And I'll chat to you tomorrow.